0: Welcome to the premiere episode of season six of A Healthier View with Dr. Scott Clithero and yours truly. Scott, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Beth. How about yourself? I'm doing great, too. You know, it's so funny because we actually talk every day. So I know the answer to this, but can you tell our audience, what did you do on your month off?
1: Well, besides doing my usual doctor thing, I uh, took a little bit of time and went up to Yellowstone and hiked and backpacked in the backcountry of Yellowstone. It was amazing. Wonderful, wonderful trip.
0: Was it hard for you to come back to Texas?
1: Yes. (laughs) The heat. You know. Weather wise, and just the fact that I was without cell service for about three, four days, that was Uh, pretty much heaven. Yeah, I was unplugged. It was very nice. I highly recommend it. Community with nature.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to be, well, no, I worked, but I'm actually going to be going to Indiana in a few weeks, so I'm looking forward to that, yeah. Good,
1: that's where you, that's your roots, right? Back to your roots.
0: Back to my roots, yeah. (laughs) You know, I am super excited to bring um, our guest on today, but before I do, I want to give a little teaser and background on today's topic, and that's chiropractic care. Mm Mm-hmm hmm You know, I started going to um, a chiropractor when I was in college because of a, a back injury, mm-hmm. and I had a really great experience, and fast forward to current day, I started back up going to a chiropractor because of neck pain, and to my amazement, I actually found out that I have some digestive issues and a few other problems, and it was such a wonderful experience to, you know, meet and talk with someone who really drilled down and not only gave me adjustments, but dove into my help on a cellular level. So, and I know you said you've never been to a chiropractor. Never,
1: but you know, but between uh, the folks that we've interviewed on this, on this show and a really close friend of mine here in Austin, I've learned so much, you know, from, from them and uh, realized that they're such an important part of the overall healthcare of this country, you know, and the wellness, especially what, you know, is important to me. So I, I love learning from chiropractors. I think I, I, um, I think they're, they're wonderful, and um, I love to get the message out that they're uh, an important part of, of somebody's health care if they need them, for sure.
0: Oh, you know, and Scott and I wanted to give everyone, to give our audience, um, we wanted to give somebody from the chiropractic community a chance to speak up, you know, on the science and the actual evidence-based research, not only on chiropractic medicine, but also um, nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I was able to hunt down a chiropractic doctor. Actually, I didn't have to look that far because my chiropractor, Dr. Lewis (laughs) Clark, agreed to be our guest. And let me tell you, he is wonderful. His staff (laughs) is top notch. So without further ado, Dr. Clark, thank you so much for being here today and welcome to A Healthier View.
2: Well,
3: what a privilege, uh, Beth and Dr. Scott. Thank you so much for uh, giving me this opportunity and letting me be on your show and talk to your listeners about uh, what we do and just about chiropractic and wellness in general.
1: Well, I'm I'm excited to to learn something from you, Dr. Clark. I'm I just uh, really have been excited listening to Beth's experience with you, and I, I would just you know obviously for to start off with, could you give the listeners just kind of a a quick uh biography of yourself, how you um, came to be where you are?
3: Oh, that's, that's a great, uh, great question. And it's been a it's been a really a fabulous journey. And, uh, you know, as a, a Bible believing Christian, I have to look back and see the providence of God really working in my life, because when I was 18 years old, I had a, um, a my best friend, his dad, who I really looked up to, who was um, was a lawyer. And um, he said one day, he said this statement, he said, if I had to do over again, I'd be a chiropractor. Mm. And I mm. thought, what in the world is a chiropractor? And why would he want to be one? But <laughs> <laughs> really or anything about it. I mean, this was like 1984, and uh but but by the, damn, the providence of God, my dad was seeing a chiropractor and he was getting really great results for a work injury. And so, based on basically that statement, and then the pursuit, then to find out more about it, talk to people in the field, led me into really what I think was uh, my calling for life, was uh, mm-hmm. to just serve people in this realm, and uh, it's been a journey. Uh, you know, first I went to Texas Chiropractic College and and uh, got my doctorate of chiropractic, got licensed in the state of Texas, and you know, uh, Dr. Clithro you you know this, but one when- once you get your degree and you start practicing and that's when you really start learning. Oh (laughs) yeah. You laid all (laughs) that foundation so that you could actually learn how to really uh, expand that. And um, so I began to study wellness and I became a certified wellness practitioner uh, and then went into uh, became board certified in integrative medicine. So I just, as I learned more, and saw other ways to help people. God has just blessed me to be able to be around great teachers, uh, get great, uh, you know, training, and then to put it into practice, uh, helping people. So that that's kind of my journey. It was kind of by accident when I when I started. I said, "Well, if I can pass the science, I'll do it." That's how committed <laughs> I was initially. But it turned out it to be such a wonderful uh, blessing and calling.
0: That's great. Um, That's a beautiful answer. And so uh, Dr. Clark, how do you know if you're getting a qualified, a good chiropractor? And I mean, I know I've shared this with both of you um, in the show last season, but I had a horrible experience a few years back and ended up being at a chiropractor with two cracked ribs for an adjustment. And I mean, I'm aware Mm -hmm. of the functionalmedicine.org website, which is one example Mm -hmm. of a good place to search. Um, And that's one website I think I'll link to our show notes for sure and but you may have some others and feel free to send them over but back to my original question how do you know if you're getting a qualified chiropractor
3: well that's a that's a great question i mean honestly i hate to even say this but you know in our office we see a lot of people that have seen one two or three other chiropractors and haven't found what they're looking for and um so I think it starts with this. Uh, number one, the first thing is, is d- does the doctor really listen to you about what's going on with you? And, um, or does he already have his mind made up? I think that's number one. Number two, does he do a real physical exam where he actually puts his hands on you and feels where the problem areas are? And then if necessary, take x-rays. I think if you get that part right, I think that then the treatment application is generally pretty good. But unfortunately, if you skip any of those roles, any of those parts right there, I think that you're probably not in the right place.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, I think also, Dr. Clark, at least I've found that, you know, it is better for consumers now with, um, you know, the Internet. I mean, obviously there could be folks out there who may give a negative review when they don't um, probably the, the provider didn't deserve it. But I really do think that the internet has really helped, I think, allow patients the ability to kind of investigate, if you will, their provider, whether it's a chiropractor or a dentist or a physician or what have you, right? I think that's a really good way to, you know, at least kind of get a glean of, of people, other people's experiences with that provider. Do you, do you agree with that?
3: without a shadow of a doubt, um, yeah. and people, uh, multiple times a week, uh, come in and I ask them, how'd you find out about us? And they might say Google or whatever. And I said, well, I hope you had a chance to look at our reviews. And they said, that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they do that. They look at those, uh, reviews and, uh, they want to see other people's experience. And, um, and that gives them some confidence. And then if you can have, um, you know, your team on board with you, and then you can then take that open door uh, that, you know, other people talking about you has given you, and then really submit that I am the kind of person that's going to listen, find out what the problem is, and then give you an, uh, an assessment in and in a, in a starting place, a plan to get started. So. Yeah, but it's, you're right. The internet has helped because uh, you can look at reviews. And, and mm-hmm. even if there's a bad one mixed in, you know, people understand you can't please everybody. Right. But for right. the most part, I mean, people are getting good results. They're happy. They comment about what, what the atmosphere is in the office, how thorough we are, or whatever they're looking for.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I have to tell you, Scott, when I um, go for my adjustment, I mean, it, they have PEMF, they do uh, I mean rehab there. It, it's like it's such a well-tuned, oh my gosh, it, it, I love the atmosphere. Staff is wonderful. And when you come to Houston, I'm going to take you there and you're going to be impressed with that. Um, <laughs> seriously, their whole clinic is amazing. But um, Dr. Clark, you had mentioned to me that, you know, we as humans, we're doing things completely wrong. And we should focus on improving our health, um, you know, for a cellular level. What did you mean by that? And can you give us maybe a few examples of what people can do to improve their overall health?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, when, when we are facing a crisis, I think that the, the most important um, thing from the beginning is what do we, what questions do we ask and what do we think about? And I think this is really where we went wrong. And we started looking at how can I get rid of this germ? How can I get rid of this virus or this bacteria? And instead of saying these have been here from the beginning of time, from creation, and how, what can I do to get stronger? And, uh, and that and that's in every area. So if it's whether it's a, a threat that we're facing now with the with the virus, or whether it's uh, a chronic illness that we're dealing with, you know, every day. I know Dr. Clithero will be seeing people today that have chronic illness that they're overweight, they've got uh, diabetes or other blood sugar problems, or whatever it may be. Autoimmunity is rampant in our culture, unfortunately, but we're always looking. Unfortunately, the majority of people are looking outside for the answer instead of looking inside, looking within their body to see where is the weakness, what is going on with my body or with my lifestyle that is causing me to be susceptible. And uh, so I think that's really, I hope that kind of answered your question there. I would give some specific uh, ideas of things, but uh, did that answer what you were asking there, Beth?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And I know you did blood work on me and I mean, my body chemistry is completely different than yours and Dr. Clithero. And I think that's an important part of the, you know, the puzzle as well.
1: Yeah, no, I just to kind of fall in the same pattern. I, I hear a lot about elimination diets and food allergies. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really feel strongly that that's gotta, that's gotta have quite a bit of basis in fact, and I don't, I'm not an expert in that area, but like when when a patient sits down with you, and I guess you have a dietitian or whatnot. I mean, do y'all, do y'all do food allergy testing or just kind of a questionnaire? And how how do you how does how would one of our listeners really dig into maybe the food that they're eating that maybe they think is somewhat healthy but is causing inflammation because of maybe the body's reaction to it? I, I find that very interesting.
3: Well, uh, Doc, me and you both, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give you an example of early, I mean, this was probably a decade ago when I really, about 15 years ago, started really getting into functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, what I I had a patient that I've been taking care of chiropractically, and she'd been doing great for and, and been just kind of maintaining for a few years, maybe two, three, four years. And then she started developing this random kind of joint pain. Uh, it would move around. One time it was a the back, then it was a hip, you know, maybe the knee hurt. And I started thinking there's some kind of inflammatory process, like you mentioned. Um, and so then we did uh, at that point an elimination provocation diet. And we mm. began to do some other nutritional protocols to decrease inflammation, improve digestion, liver clearance, and detoxification and Honestly, the pain went completely away and it wasn't the chiropractic was the inflammatory. And still to this day, I still see this lady and has never come back once she did figure out which foods were really causing her problems. And we Mm -hmm. fixed some of the foundational issues. And I think for her, it was dairy. I don't remember for sure, but that's one of the most common Mm -hmm. food allergies. Gluten and dairy are the two most common. Yeah. But to answer your question about how does a person find out, and what do we do? Well, again, initially, when I got into this type of work, I used to run food sensitivity tests all the time. And mm-hmm. um, what I found is that if a person has a leaky gut syndrome, meaning mm-hmm. that their intestinal uh, permeability there is is increased, it's allowing things to pass through the gut lining that and get into the bloodstream that should not be able to do that. Mm. And especially undigested or unbroken down proteins that they would actually light up those food sensitivity tests across the board. They would have like nothing they could eat really. Yeah. And so what, yeah. And that's, and now that's one of my concerns with some of these online food sensitivity tests now is that most people that have leaky gut are going to have, um, just just a huge uh, amount of foods that they have to take out of their diet. Interesting. They? And here's the good news, Doc. Honestly, and what I've found is that even if they can't tolerate a food today, if you'll keep working on your health, improving the quality of your uh, digestion and things, it, it's possible in three to six months you can tolerate some of those foods.
1: So you can actually work your you can work your way into. Uh... Uh, a tolerance, if you will, by, by other measures of health. That's really interesting. Yeah, I know that. You know, I think I, I. You know, I know that alcohol, among the many things it can do badly for us, is it can contribute to leaky guts. So I imagine if you're drinking alcohol, if you were to to cut back on that or eliminate that, then that may improve your tolerance to other foods. Is that is that a good example of that?
3: Fantastic example. Yeah, and you've got once you decrease the inflammation, and again mm-hmm. eliminate the big foods that are initially, at least that mm-hmm. lead to leaky gut, like gluten and dairy, mm-hmm. then yes, yeah, and alcohol and, and high sugar diet, and refined foods and processed yeah. foods. And a lot of these other foods uh, that you may show positive on, on a food sensitivity test initially will begin to go away. And then those tests can always be repeated later. Uh, and you can see that, hey, you can tolerate these foods better. But you're right, you, named, you, you nailed the right term. It's, it's, it's tolerance. Uh, Can yeah. you tolerate those foods mm-hmm. without having an immune reaction to it?
0: You That's know, I sense. had read, uh, and we all know, uh, being wellness professionals, like 70 to 80% of your immune system lies in your gut, and it needs time and the right nutrition to function optimally. So, Dr. Clark, how long would it take someone to see or feel a difference, and how diligent do they have to be with their diet for optimal health
3: wow that you, people are not gonna like my answer <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> not. The truth. <laughs> after, after dealing with hundreds of people uh you know it's gonna take time and there's really there's really like three uh levels that i see here okay if you have number one if you have auto known autoimmune disease you are going to be uh permanently limited in some parts of your diet most likely
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and you're going to be looking at probably six or maybe even 12 months of of total time of getting optimal now most people will see an improvement within the first month but
0: Mm -hmm. it doesn't
3: mean that everything's healed right because your immune system is already dysregulated you're attacking your own body that's the worst case scenario other times people have a, a chronic um, problem like blood sugar or like uh, Dr. Clithrow mentioned, maybe it's something lifestyle wise where they've abused their, their gut for a long time. And now they end up with a very chronic uh, leaky gut. And that's going to take at least three to six months typically to heal. Uh, but you can typically heal that. And uh, and you may get most of your foods or all your foods back. And then course there's the ones that just you know they had a round of antibiotics or they had some type of stressful event they went to college and their diet fell apart uh, you know whatever and those can really recover within uh, one to three months but so the answer is varied but it's based on the severity there of what you see as far as recovery goes but it is possible for sure
0: okay good yeah, they're, they're,
1: I mean, there's just, there's so much, there's so much information out there and so much of it conflicting. I, I, I imagine, I mean, if, if it's confusing for folks like Beth and me, I know it's confusing for our general listeners, but uh, I mean, where does a, a patient start if they don't have access to you? I mean, where's a good place to start if they're having intestinal issues or they feel like some of this is resonating with them? What, are there some resources you recommend or how would they find help? Well, it is frustrating because you're completely right. There
3: is so much information available <laughs> and much of it appears to be contradictory and even mm-hmm. can be. And I mean, and honestly, sometimes there's even um, some information that's misleading or some research that's misused. And, um, and that's where it really gets aggravating working with patients that have been mm-hmm. led in a in the long, wrong direction because um, they just got bad information. So mm. um, there's a lot of good things out there. What um, Beth mentioned with the functional medicine uh, and especially working with uh, some of the guys I work with at uh, lifechangingdoctors.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's about uh, three or 400 doctors there that uh, we work together on an internet um Forum And we share ideas and, and uh, what's working and what's not. And uh, so if, if a patient's looking for something in, in, in the functional medicine realm for sure, or the functional neurology realm, they need to look at lifechangingcare.com and began to uh, try to find somebody in their area that they can get some good information from.
1: Oh, that's a great resource. Is that, so that's the group of, are they mostly chiropractors? Are they all all types of functional medicine physicians, clinicians? That particular group is mostly chiropractors. Uh
3: There are some other providers on there and there's even some nutritionists and some natural paths that are involved Mm -hmm. in there as well. But, um, but through them, you, they, if you've got somebody in your area, even if you can't get to them, they have, they, they, we know the people around us, that, you know what I'm saying in our state that you can kind of work with. So you need an entry point somewhere. And that's, I've found that that's helped my patients and their families around the country is to try to find somebody on there that they can start getting information from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And Scott, yeah, remind me to put that on the show notes. But, um, you know, when it comes to subspecialties, and when it comes to things like nutrition, and supplemental advice, I mean, I know a lot of chiropractors are doing this. But what does the education look like? I mean, because I know for an MD, for example, they may, be, maybe they get you know, lucky and have one class in nutrition instruction at a typical medical school, as far as the standard curriculum for medical school. And Scott, if that's inaccurate, please let me know. But Dr. Clark, what did your nutrition education look like when it came to your schooling in chiropractic medicine?
3: Well, let me let you know, say this about, first of all, about the difference in the schooling. If you look at the hours, they're, they're very similar. Uh, you know, the, the medical uh, school versus the chiropractic school is first number of hours, but the focus is a, is a lot different because, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Clithro had to learn a lot more about uh, pathology, microbiology, and all the pharmaceutical side. And, and, uh, and we have those classes, but not to the same degree. Our focus as a chiropractor in our training really is more physiology than it is pathology. So, Mm -hmm. because we're not really treating in the most cases, diseases, Um, you know, we're, we're improving function. We may be treating people after they've had to have some, some medical intervention for a pathology or disease. So our focus is really uh, on physiology, but to answer your question about the nutrition uh, honestly, I, I got more nutrition than what is generally taught in medical school, but still, honestly, I didn't get that much. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem that I have with, you know, even chiropractors that get a couple, of, you know, extra classes in nutrition. Uh, but the fact that they... Um, they need to do more. And that's where you really, when you get out and you start doing postgraduate studies, Mm -hmm. that's where uh, you really learn, I think these specialties. And um, for me, I mean, I got to give a shout out to Dr. James Chestnut Uh, man. He was one of my first mentors that really uh, took me under his wing and, and trained me and uh, really through his uh, the wellness practice and the international chiropractic association and being being then certified as a wellness practitioner. That was my really big learning curve uh, as far as nutrition goes. And, and that was, you know, now 15 years ago, but, Mm -hmm. but it was, uh, you know, it was great to start. And then after that, you know, it doesn't stop. That really just opens the door and then you study more and more. And there's a lot of uh, good docs out there teaching things. And there's a lot of good companies that have training, but it's on the postgraduate level, Beth, to answer your question. Even yeah. in chiropractic college, you're not getting uh, the type of stuff, uh, how to read blood work to what we do functionally, how to do nutritional protocols, and certainly not too much on diet. I mean, we get some diet, but nothing like what we do in our office now.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, I can vouch for that. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Beth, I would say also that, you know, I think it's definitely improved in the time since I went to med school as far as the nutritional curriculum in med school. But there's just so much to learn in, in med school that something's got to give, you know, that the, the background physiology, the pathophysiology has to take precedent. Right. And then I think, you know, and then, you know, physicians go through four years of med school and then they have to do a residency program in whatever specialty they're doing, which is another three to five years or more. So a neurosurgeon, she or he's got so much to learn. You know, they obviously have to go through the medical school curriculum. I think focusing on nutrition for them is not, I'm not, it's never a waste of time. That's not the right word, but they obviously have a lot more important things to focus on. Whereas as an internist, when I got into my residency program, I did get more nutrition, you know, cause our residency, we're, 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 we have an MD behind our name, but we're still learning. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like Dr. Clark said, you know, you just never stop learning. So we, so the, the the primary care specialties, OB, GYN, family practice, internal medicine, pediatrics, they they focus more on nutrition, cardiology, of course, too. But I think that's um, kind of one of the things I want, wanted to say about that. And again, just like chiropractic school, there's so much to learn, I'm sure, Doc, that there's only something's got to give. And so nutrition is something that somebody like you, you have an interest in it, then your postgraduate education will focus on that correct I guess that's that's kind of the way I look at it
3: I think you're right on doc and that makes a lot of sense I mean you you it's impossible to know everything I mean you know and and, then you know you start delving into this amazing human body and Mm -hmm. and and it's just incredible and uh, how complex and how it all works together and so for us I think that because we're more you know because we don't have to specialize so much you know like you mentioned that there's where we can take a more of a holistic approach and and our general training is is kind of more holistic Mm -hmm. but then you can take those areas where you're really interested like for me it's it's neurology and nutrition and so then i'm going to really pursue those areas uh and how Mm -hmm. we can help patients like that you know and for someone else it might be something different but um but yeah, looking at the body as a whole um, definitely uh, is something that we uh, do foundationally. We look at um, really, really two things. We look at the fact that the body has to have fuel and that the, and that the way the body's created, that the brain runs everything. So we look at the brain body connection, the body brain connection. And then we look at, you know, nutritionally looking at the fuel on a cellular level and, and then go from there based on what we find.
1: Yeah,
0: You know, you said something at the, the body brain, you know, healthier and whatnot, but along my journey of learning as a wellness professional, um, what actually can make somebody's brain or body better, healthier. I've discovered um, that something like heart rate variability is a great way to actually test the body in the morning to see what the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, nervous systems are doing based on the difference in the time intervals between the beats of the heart. And I don't think that me going outside of what might be the general accepted scope of practice for something like a wellness professional and incorporating something like that is wrong. And I don't think, um, or I think it's just basically engaging in a better living through science and identifying things that I originally wasn't educated in, but things that have really turned out to make my patients' and clients' lives better.
3: Well, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, first of all, for our own selves, we need to realize that we need to take personal responsibility for our health. Mm -hmm. And um, and we need to uh, begin to learn about how to take care of ourselves because it's it's getting harder. It doesn't come automatically anymore in our world. We got more stress. We got more toxins. Our diet's not as good. I mean, you go down the list. Everything is insulting. Our our health, our our bodies more and more, and especially our brains. But yeah, you as, a, as an individual, you need to learn what kind of things are do I need to be doing in order to be healthier, and then for you, well, there's there's all kinds of information out there that you can begin to utilize, and uh, the one you mentioned heart rate variability and getting into a more parasympathetic state And my goodness, that's almost everybody needs to do that. Mm -hmm. So you can help a lot of people once you understand how to identify that and then have them some action steps that they can begin to take to accomplish.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And again, that's where technology comes in because, you know, heart rate variability was kind of in the domain of clinicians and monitoring, but, you know, and I mean, obviously you can do it with just, Monitoring your heart rate. But now with these uh, smartwatches and other monitoring systems, you can monitor it, you know, minute, minute, to, second to second, minute to minute now. It's really a a whole new world of remote patient monitoring. That's very exciting. Um, I, I really look forward to some of the advances we may see in health, uh, you know, just monitoring folks and, and tracking subtle nuances that may s- suggest that something's going on that we can intervene in.
3: That's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, you can get an app now and and, uh, watch and do these things. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, uh, look what they're doing now with EKG and these other things that are hopefully going to be very uh, preventative, you know, and uh, and catch things early and hopefully take the proper action before, you know, a crisis occurs.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, Dr. Clark, you had mentioned something about detox um, or having toxic bodies. I really want to focus on detoxing because um, I'm, I'm kind of big on that. And you both know that I, I've, I've done some wacky things, but um, I want to know how do you, um, you know, detox personally and how do you encourage people to detox, our, you know, the toxins from our body?
3: Well, I'm glad you said wacky things, because, uh, which I know, would I was never. Going, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm glad you included Doctor. Clithrow in that. Also, but, uh, but we don't we don't go quite that far there, Beth, in our office. But uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but you need a good you need a really good uh, system in a way of detoxing. Now, here's where it gets tricky, though. You know. Uh, A lot, obviously, more than the average person. And so the average person just starts thinking about, oh, I need a detox, I need to do whatever I'm going to do. And, um, and sometimes they're not ready, honestly, Uh like, for instance, especially heavy metal detoxes. Those those can be uh, done way early. You should never do those if you have a a blood brain barrier breach or something where you're going to have actually maybe worse problems. So our approach is always to take it from supporting the body's, uh, you know, three uh, phases of of detoxification that we already have that God's already given us. So we begin Mm -hmm. to give nutrients to support uh, the phase one, two and then the phase three elimination uh, uh, of the body. And we go through that specifically with patients. And then then after you've ad- addressed the barriers like the leaky gut and the blood brain barrier, and if you've you know gone through uh, the digesting better in your liver, and now you're starting to detox after that, if there's more advanced things that need to be done, you're ready for that. Mm-hmm. But you just don't want to jump too far too fast. You want to make sure that you've started with putting good things in. Start with improving the processes that you already have and uh,
2: yeah.
3: and there's there's so many good um, uh, programs out there and different nutritional companies have put together uh, but again, just in the proper order is the main thing deal with inflammation, deal with digestion, then deal with hormone clearance and that's a big thing for a lot of people they can't clear their hormones because their liver is either getting fatty or it's getting congested because of all the other toxins we're having to to deal with, and mm-hmm. um, and then la- and then always stressing their uh, their antioxidant levels because no matter what, how much you try to deal with your environment, you're going to have some exposure. You want to have some protection.
2: Yeah,
1: I was thinking of a funny story. I was talking to a patient one time in the hospital after they'd had a, some type of cardiovascular event, a heart attack or stroke. I can't remember, but a nutritionist happened to walk in. And so we were all three talking and and I said something to the fact that, you know, really he was not, he didn't have the healthiest diet, like a lot of our patients. And I said, you know, a good way to think about it is, you know, when you look at the ingredients, if you can't pronounce it, maybe it's a good idea not to eat it, you know? And, and, um, I think I'd heard that from somebody else or something, but, you know, just to kind of reduce toxins and all these chemicals that we put in our body. And then the nutritionist took it one step further. We kind of laughed and she goes, well, actually, how about try to not eat too much, that actually has ingredients that you have to read. <laughs> In other words, packaged foods are something to avoid, you know, and eat more whole foods and, you know, foods that are, you know, that are simple, simplified, you know, so I, I that really resonated with me. And I certainly don't follow it all the time, but I, I, I try to, you know, try to eat around the outside of the grocery store, that whole expression where, you, not the outside, but the, out, the, you know, the, the produce and the, and the, and the dairy and all the areas that are maybe a little bit more uh, natural than the chemicals that are in the processed foods up and down the aisles.
3: Yeah, doc. Uh, d- I was man. You were just about to. You were covering a whole chapter in uh, in <laughs> my my wife's new book that's just coming oh, out. Oh really? But it's oh wow. It's food by God, not food by man. And yeah, real yeah. food doesn't have labels. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I agree go. with
3: the first statement. That's really wise. I love it. But the second statement it. that was even better.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I oh, that's wonderful. When's your? When's your uh, that's something to look forward to. When is? When do you think the book will be ready for? I think. It'll
3: be out in about three weeks, uh, according oh, to exciting. the uh, to the publisher this morning. So oh, it, within wonderful. a month, I hope. Uh, and it's uh, the Eat Well, Live Well cookbook. So I'm be looking fantastic. for that, fantastic, uh, and and. I have a small part in that, and honestly, my wife Rhonda is a certified uh, health coach and a, mm-hmm. and a specialist in, in in nutrition, and especially a brilliant cook. And she has some amazing <laughs> recipes in there. Oh, I tell wonderful. you what, I get to enjoy them all the time, and they're <laughs> fabulous and they're healthy. And then there's some really just some explanation about what, what we're talking about, what is a healthy diet, you know, and, and, um, you know, how do you start to get more good things into your diet and avoid some of those things
1: that we can't pronounce? Yes. <laughs> that's a
3: great way to put it.
1: <laughs> Oh, that's exciting. How, what's it like to write a book? I mean, that's, uh, is this your first, uh, endeavor in that area or have you done one before it, it is our first endeavor, yeah. and it's
3: uh, it's been a learning experience, I'll oh, say for
1: sure. Yeah. Um,
3: you know the problem is I found with writing a book, as soon as you send it in, okay, and you give them some the the editor some things, and then oh my goodness, I got to include this, and oh I got to include <laughs> this, and I learned at some point you just gotta stop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're
3: always learning something. New, yeah. yeah but you have to just cut it off and say, okay, that'll be number two. or I was going to say that road, your editor will
1: say that's number two. Save that for the next book. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. You, oh, that's exciting. That's wonderful.
0: I, you know, and Scott and Rhonda is lovely. I have enjoyed my time with her. She is so sweet and I actually couldn't make um, our last appointment. She called me and she's amazing. <laughs> so I want to have her on, this state, I'm seriously, I would love to have her on. I, I didn't know she was writing a book and wow, a month we'll have yeah. to. Maybe we'll we can have, have you to...
1: y'all back this fall and um, talk about. Yes,
0: absolutely.
3: Yeah. After the book's out. Yeah. It'd be great. I know she could help a lot of people because, you know, we have such a, and this was the emphasis on the book. Uh, I don't want to go in this too far, but I want you to, because a lot of people, cookbooks can be frustrating because you get this list of all of these ingredients, half of them you don't even have. And then mm. you got all this time and preparation and she wanted it to be things that were easy to prepare that, mm. you know, that people could do after work and still eat at a decent time, or they could prepare in advance easily. So there's a lot of, of different recipes in there. They're not complicated. These are real foods that we eat all the time and, yeah. uh, and they're extremely healthy. And the whole, cookbook is gluten and dairy-free and it's all natural sugars only. So um, looking forward to uh, really uh, people getting that in their hands so they have a resource that they can use.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it. I will be one of the first in line uh, to buy. So yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> hey, Doc, I got to ask you a question too. This is uh, a little bit off topic, but I, I, what I've, and I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but I've noticed, um, well, let me preface it by saying I really believe strongly, even though I'm a hospitalist in the, in that in that sacred bond between a person and her or his primary care provider, physician, dentist, chiropractor, but you know in the medical community, there certainly are now a lot of urgent cares and it seems like a lot of younger folks are just they don't even have a primary care doctor, they just go to the urgent care. So I got to ask you, I've noticed at least in the Austin area, and I know it's elsewhere, that there's now this trend in chiropractic care, that there's these membership type companies. And and I guess it's where you buy a subscription and you can go to any one of the places and meet any one of the providers and get an adjustment or whatever. And and I think I think that's a loaded question because I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I wondered if you had a, any opinion about that. If you don't, that's fine. But I, I think given the fact that you've been this great provider in your community for so many years, you may have an opinion about it. What, any thoughts about that?
3: Yes, I I do have some thoughts. I
1: some concerns. Okay. Um,
3: But I understand them, but Mm -hmm. here's my concern. The general public doesn't. Mm -hmm. So when they see uh, one of those type of offices, they don't necessarily see it different than our office. You know, those offices, those membership type offices, mm-hmm. uh, low, you know, low fee, no exam, no x-ray, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they have a purpose, okay? They, mm-hmm. But but it's not the same. They're, they're not designed to deal with people that have chronic illnesses or that have serious conditions. That's more or less, it's like a massage. You do the mm-hmm. same thing in a massage. You go, you pay a membership, you go on a regular basis, you feel better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that works for a certain amount of people. But the concern is, is when they start confusing that, like you said, in the medical realm, where you think you're going to get the same level of care at an urgent care that you might in a primary care doctor's office that knows you, knows your history, knows mm-hmm. the other things that are going on with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the, the problem that we have here in chiropractic is that yeah. there may be some confusion to which one do I need to be in? Because I get people that have been there and they come in to see me, and I said, you know, your case is, they're not equipped, and you should yeah. have been there in the first place. Yeah. It's a herniated disc. They got a nerve radiculopathy. They mm-hmm. got something serious going on.
1: Yeah. And
3: I was like, no, you it's not the right
1: fit. Yeah. So that's my concern with the dog. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I, thanks for answering that. I just i wanted to ask you about that because I've been seeing them, so I appreciate that.
0: You know, and this has been such a, a beautiful um interview and, and Dr. Clark, you know, I think the world of you and your staff and and Rhonda and um but um can you tell our audience how they can find you? I will put your website on the landing page, but um how they can can you find just me. quickly, you know, tell us how folks can find you.
3: Okay, great. I'd be glad to. Um
0: so our office is in Kingwood, Texas,
3: and um you can look us up dot uh, uh, net, and um you know of course you can call our office uh as well and hopefully somebody with a smiley face will answer the phone and uh, be welcome <laughs> I'm sure of it you. But, um, <laughs> but but you know this is this is a good question and this is um a valid and I wish I had more time for this type of stuff Beth but um people Uh, they need, they need someone that they can trust, that they can call and ask questions. And I Mm -hmm. commonly will do phone consults with people. And I rarely, I mean, these are sometimes just a a 10 or 15 minute consult, uh, to, uh, give them direction. They're never going to see me, but uh, you know what I'm saying? But I can give them some direction of who they need to see. Um, and then of course there are a lot of people, um, uh, I'm really uh, out all over the country and, um, and and all over the world that we do deal with uh, virtually uh, especially Rhonda helping people uh, and I'll be involved in some of those cases so if you need if you've got you need some direction uh, you can reach out to us at uh, Clark or dot net you can call our office in Kingwood Texas at
1: 281-354-8330 wonderful wonderful yeah. What a great service that is, Doc. That th- I think that's uh, just awesome.
0: You don't hear that too often. Either. No, not at yeah. all.
1: No, that's wonderful. Beautiful.
0: Well, um, thank you so much. I, I, I know I'm going to ask you back, and I know I'm going to ask Rhonda to be on the show yeah. later on this. But um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And with that, we are going to commercial break. I want to get back to being in my community group. I want to continue having
3: a soccer season. So I can throw parties again. (laughs) So I can go to her parties.
1: (laughs) It'd really be nice to dine in instead of getting delivery for a change. So I can feel safe and protected for myself and my students. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
0: And we are back from commercial break. Thank you so much for staying with us, Scott. How did you like my chiropractor, Dr. Clark?
1: Oh, so impressive, Dr. Clark. Just you can kind of tell his his bedside manner is just wonderful, just based on his um, his just his uh, charm. You know, Mm -hmm. just his uh, audio charm. You know, yeah, no, I. Really, I could see where you really connected to him and this office staff. I, I, yeah, really impressive. Learned a lot from him, too. Really love his focus on wellness and nutrition.
0: Well, I can't wait for you to actually meet him in person sometime. But yeah, yeah I actually sure. went, you know, a couple months ago and um, because of, uh, you know, I had a horrible headache and, and neck injury and really has just been, you know, God sent to me. So.
1: Oh, that's wonderful.
0: That's yeah.
1: wonderful. Well, I'm looking forward to a, a great uh season of of learning and celebrating and focusing on positive things and yes. just trying to bring a little light into the folks that are so nice to spend some time with us. I look forward to really, you know, just trying to cut through some of the, the noise and bring some some really good messages to our listeners. How about you?
0: Oh, me too. Season six is going to be amazing. And I know we have some people lined up already and yeah. you know, it's just going to be time to time to heal and time to learn and time to educate ourselves on our health. And if we can bring a little bit of information and help someone, then you know what? It's all worth it. Amen. And Amen. I love doing this with you. you you're such a good yes. friend and a colleague. So, you know, yes. it's, it's a great time.
1: I love learning from you, Beth. And yeah, you're just so, so smart. And i just, your energy should somehow be canned. You know, we need to can and I bottle love that, that energy. That. Oh.
2: <laughs> All yeah, right. Well,
1: you. I guess with that folks, uh, thank you so much for listening and we really, really, really appreciate you joining us on this endeavor and um, please, uh, you know, like us, follow us on your favorite podcast, uh, channel. And, um, and also don't forget to, to check out the awesome content, um, at our, um, at our radio station, uh, that is called up to me check out the other shows. They're just so wonderful and, and uplifting and informational. And I just am so proud to be a part of it. So please check that out. And, um, and we'll see you next time y'all be safe and um, stay healthy. Oh, <music>